Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. This is the first quick hit of Summer Tour 2017. I'm here with Matt. What's up, man? Hello, hello. How's it going? It's going great. Uh, we're back with Summer Tour, which is super fun. Um, and Matt and I are are busy planning our New York trip and, and the live show we're planning on the 29th um, at American Beauty before before the fish show. So that'll be pretty fun. Yeah, looking forward to uh, doing doing it in person and hopefully meeting a lot of the people that have been sending us awesome feedback over Twitter and email and other places, too. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we'll put another link just to the um, RSVP page in case people are interested in, in coming to see us and meet us in person. Um, so, Matt, last night, uh, first night of tour, uh, what, what were your thoughts? What, what are you, what's your overall sort of takeaway? I, I thought it was great. I thought for uh, particularly for a, a tour opener, it was a strong show. Um, you know, we got some some new songs. We got some uh, some jams. We got a couple of surprises, uh, not necessarily sticking to the the first show of the tour formula that's happened a lot lately. So um, so that was pretty cool. I uh, I know like we, we usually we like to talk to some folks that are there. I think a lot of People in Chicago were sleeping in or something today and um, not available. I streamed the show last night um, over the the Mixler uh, stream for the first set, and then there was a pretty good Periscope for set two um, that I managed to catch. Uh, RJ, did you check it out in real time or listen just today? Yeah, I got the Periscope for part of the second set. Um, I didn't see a ton of it, but uh, but I liked what I saw, and I think I think I was uh, I think I went to bed and, and passed out during my friend my friend, but. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, it was cool to see, and um, the the new light rig I think is a is an improvement. People who were there seem to really like it. We should post a pic um, maybe with this episode with uh, with the picture of the new light rig because it seems like they're kind of back to basics in terms of like effects, but it, but it's a little bit different, right? Yeah, and I, I liked it. I mean, I'm a um, uh, I, I was not a huge fan of the the LED panels last year. Um, I, I appreciate that Kuroda wanted to do something different and that he was kind of feeling like a lot of the jam band lighting guys were starting to copy him and look a lot like him. But I sort of felt like maybe there was a, a way that he could make it, you know, keep it fresh, do something new that people hadn't really seen from him with having to go to the extreme of adding all this video in and everything like that. Um, and so um, I thought that the the idea of the, if you haven't heard or seen any videos or anything, the, the whole lighting rig moves. Um, like all of these little pieces can kind of move, uh, change shape. But it's kind of cool because like unlike a lot of big pop shows and, and different shows today where you have like big pieces moving around and doing these big dramatic things, it's actually very subtle. And it almost looks like the lighting rig is like malleable and kind of can be bent different ways. Um, so the few YouTube videos that I saw made, made it look pretty cool. And like you said, it seems like it's getting rave reviews from the, the folks that were actually there last night. Yeah, it's awesome. It makes a huge difference, obviously, when you're there. Um, and I, I listened to the show twice this morning because I was um, out pushing pushing my kids around and walking with Miles to the coffee shop and back. And Miles was um, back singing Blaze On like last summer, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> I liked the... Um, <laughs> I mean that you know I think the the jam of the show I think was the was the everything's right which we heard um, that song from from Tab but not um, obviously from Fish yet and a really really interesting jam on there I think we're gonna play a little bit of that but I was I was pretty impressed by that you know what f- fourth or fifth song um, right after a pretty a pretty good and long Wolfman's um, and then an acapella and then into this everything's right jam I just thought that was pretty strong opener um, first set. Yeah, and it was cool to get a jam on it, not only a new song in the first set of the tour, but also a jam on that new song. Um, They did kind of do one of the, I guess, one of the sort of utility belt first set of tour, let's ease into a jam songs tends to be Wolfman. So they got that out of the way 
Um, and at that point, I was thinking like, oh, okay, pretty probably pretty typical first set of the tour stuff. But um, yeah, those that back to back in the good old summertime and everything's right were were, were pretty awesome. Definitely the love and the, the everything's right jam. Yeah, and then the second set they started off with a pretty solid um, No Man in No Man's Land, which is a great great second set opener. And then um, a lot of segues um, in the second set: Fuego, my friend, Pet Cat, and then there's that sort of Pet Cat Golden Age sandwich, which was also pretty pretty interesting and I think you unique for a especially first show out of the out of the gate so they sound pretty well well practiced and and pretty pretty cohesive at this point i think yeah there was a lot of like in the second set you mentioned segues but there was also a lot of kind of self-referential stuff you know going back into your pet cat at the end of golden age um harry hood had the what's the use tease kind of kind of started to bring that a little full circle so um it's a good sign i think when they're doing that kind of stuff right away you know first show of the tour um sometimes you have to wait three four or five shows before you get that stuff that tells you that they're they're feeling pretty good and we've got it right out of the gate so i guess it looks like it, it you know they're they're as excited about this tour as uh, as a lot of people are yeah and um we should say that that what's the use opener was um pretty pretty unique opener um first set opener think um i think that was maybe the first ever um first time that's ever been um played as an opener so that was, that's pretty cool um so matt what anything else before we leave leave people with a little bit of uh that jam from everything's right last night the only thing i other thing i'll add and we'll see if this continues with any other new songs that um, that we hear, which first off, I, I guess maybe the, the new songs might've been a surprise. Cause I don't know about you, but I didn't necessarily expect any new material, um, coming on this tour. It's, they, they put out a new album last year and you tend to see a cycle where maybe they're going to, you know, play off of that stuff uh, a little bit more the year after, but, um, very cool that they're, they're getting into some new material right away. Um, and then I think it, it's interesting to see like how much the times are shaping everything, including fish, because there seemed to be a theme uh, in the songs, the new songs last night of, um, you know, kind of in the vein of more, um, but everything's right. And love is what we are. And, and even leaves um, of kind of, you know, comforting and holding your head up um, and, and trying to, you know, keep the ship right in these, these rocky times. So um, kind of, you know, interesting to see the band who you know hasn't traditionally commented on um the the present um even you know kind of succumbing to what a lot of music is doing these days and and trying to address uh modern events so you know we'll we'll see what happens with that maybe it's we're we're hearing this new material because they're just so inspired to to write and to to get it out there yeah for sure and that's a really good point i had my um kind of crackpot theory about the new year's eve gag with petrichor in the rain and the black black outfits into that you know horns Susie craziness of 2017 which i thought was like a little bit of a nod to let's get this year over with and trey even said during that new year's gag remember he said like can't get this year over soon enough or something like that yeah but that was like yeah, exactly kind of the only thing that they've really even said um I, there's a little bit of uh, discussion on twitter not surprisingly today about those new songs and you know it's cheesy dad rock etc but you know, I know that Tom and Trey had just written a couple of those recently, and I think it's cool to hear their perspective on, you know, just where, where they think the world is and life is. It's it's a little bit more, just like Blaze On and No Men, it's just, it's from the perspective of people who are a little bit older, who have a little bit more perspective, and who have a little bit of a different kind of view on uh, on the world, you know, the, and, and life. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and and, and you know, Trey made a comment uh, a few years ago when they were coming back from the the breakup at Hampton about um, looking back at a lot of the bands that played uh, the big bands that played in, in the era of world war two and how they were kind of were of service to the people because they could let people, whether they were in the army or just kind of fearing the, the world outside come and dance their cares away for a couple of hours and sort of get it out of their system. And that's the way that he felt that fish could kind of be of service um, to all of us, which we definitely take advantage of. So um, maybe that's a good thought for us to, to go with this summer. If, if the world outside is a little scary, um, we're going to have uh you know, this this little tour and, and 13 nights inside an MSG to, to kind of help everybody forget about that and, and feel good about themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, yeah, really interesting you say that because I think people seem even more in need of, of this, you know, new music and, and, and getting out there on tour because it is a place where you can go and forget the outside world like we saw in the survey. So many people said that it's just such a great escape and that it represents, you know, joy and everything else. So, um, I'm, I'm committed to, um, taking that perspective for this tour, Matt, if you are. I'm in <laughs> Perfect. Po- positivity tour, 2017 positivity tour. Um, and on that Feeling note, love. we know that everything's right. Um, so let, let's play some of that jam, really fun stuff. And, um, and we'll be back tomorrow with, uh, with someone else, um, to, to help us break down night two of Chicago. Yeah, and hit us up on on Twitter, on email, on Facebook if you'd like to uh, uh, to be on one of these quick hits. Um, we've had some folks reach out because they're going to be at some Baker's Dozen shows, but uh, uh, even the next two nights in Chicago and and anything that you're uh, hitting, I think we'll probably need some folks to report in on Dayton and Pittsburgh. Um, so let us know because we want to hear from folks on the front line and not um, just you know dads like us who can't uh, be on <laughs> tour and are, and are doing the first part of it from the couch. And there's there's nothing there's nothing more unique than the perspective of a dude listening to the show at six a.m. with a couple babies or passing out halfway through the second set. <laughs> <laughs> We're giving you the fresh perspective. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks everyone yeah. for for listening. Thanks, Matt. Um, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you all tomorrow. It's pretty exciting summer tour. Enjoy. It turns, it turns, and the long night's over, and the sun's coming up. This world, this world, this crazy world I know. It turns, it turns, and the long night's over, and the sun's coming up. So just hold tight.
Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. 